Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Darla Evan. Darla is a life mastery consultant, dream builder coach, and master board certified NLP and MER coach, as well as a facilitator at the Heart Math Institute. And Darla is a leader in transformation and empowerment. Welcome to the show, Darla. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and your guests. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where you are from? I am from Manhattan, Kansas, which is about an hour west of Kansas City. I originally was, I lived in Denver for 30 years, so I'm new to Kansas again. Kind of came back to my roots during COVID and and here I am, right? So what am I, what am I about? I am a life mastery consultant and coach and I am a dream builder coach. I am an author of two books, Broken to Beautiful and Short, Sweet and Sacred. And I'm also a speaker. And I used to be a dental hygienist and due to a car accident, I went to Wichita State University. We were just talking about that being from Kansas. And I wasn't supposed to be um, a dental hygienist. God had other plans for me. And so I broke my neck and I found myself becoming a spiritual hygienist instead. So I used to clean teeth and now I clean souls. And I'm just here to be a beacon of light where there is darkness in our world. I love it. I love it. Now you're known as a spiritual hygienist. So I love the shift there. But you mentioned an accident. Talk to us a little bit more about that accident and walk us through the moment where you had broke your neck. And what were your thoughts in that moment? Did you think your life was over? And how did you shift your mindset from a negative mindset to a positive mindset? So in that moment, I was driving on a two lane highway and out of the blue, I got hit from behind and I am broke my neck at C5, 6, and I've had three spine surgeries. Um, C3, 4, 5, 6, 7 is fused, and it really rocked my world. I went down this downward spiral, as you can imagine. Um, I lost my career in dentistry. I lost, I lost my identity. I defined myself by my career and all this. So for the longest time after that, I would say I'm a disabled dental hygienist, and it kept me in this lesser than place. I was stuck in that, that victim mentality, if you will, that, um, that, that happens when we go through crisis in life. And I've, I've been through a lot of crisis and the car accident is one of many, but it woke me up. It woke me up to that. I am so much more than a dental hygienist. And so I'm like, what do I do now with my life? Like just, I'm on disability. I'm learning to walk again. I'm transitioning like to the new Darla. And just, it was a journey and it was a journey of self-exploration. So I dove deep into prayer. I became just super tight with God, which obviously was, was needed. I thought I was close, but you become a lot closer when you have a lot of time to think and you're, you know, transitioning and and learning to walk again and stuff and reinvent yourself. So um, I got a lot of messages and the same message came through over and over and it says, go share your message with the world. And I'm like, what does that mean? And fast forward seven years, I'm in the hospital again. I ended up having pulmonary embolisms um, in my lungs, which is our blood clots. I had 50 of them. I I hear this nurse outside my room and she's like, Darla's not going to live through the night. And I really don't want to take her case. She's not going to make it. And I heard these nurses talking and I'm like, they're talking about me. And it's it woke me up again. And I heard that voice again. Go share your message with the world. I'm like, okay. 
now you got my attention, God. Like, I'm going to listen. I don't know the how. I don't know what this looks like. But obviously, I've, I'm not supposed to be a dental hygienist. So I started writing. I got out old journals and that I kept through my childhood and adulthood life. And I started writing. And I became a life mastery consultant and a certified coach. And I got my master's in neurolinguistic programming, which is all about rebooting our mind, like getting out of our heads and dropping down to his this heart space. And so my friends were all our own highest authority. We all have the answers within us and, and we seek outside validation like so much. Don't you agree? Like, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Or my parents said I should do this or all these things like, and, and all along we have the answers. It's that God within that, that spirit that breathes us. We have it all within us all along. It's like Glenda the Good Witch, you know, in Wizard of Oz. Like we all we all have that capability. And so for me, it was huge not seeking approval on the outside world and just being still and knowing. And so I got to be tested with resiliency once again in my life. You know, I, I, these bumps and life throws us curveballs. Right. And sometimes we get some crappy cards and it's what we do with those cards like. Are you going to sit in the muck and say, poor me, I, I'm a victim of child abuse. You know, I married a husband who was an alcoholic and was very abusive and, and, and all these stories. And then I broke my neck in a car accident and I had a son that made a bad choice and had to go to prison for a few years. And but you know what I found is when I get out of that victim mentality, you move to I moved to a thriver so from survivor to thriver from victim to victor. It's a mentality. And we can choose to find peace amongst all the broken pieces in our life. And it's a choice. And so the choices we make today are going to be who we become tomorrow. And that is a message I love to share because we can hold these broken pieces over here or we can piece them together and create something even more masterful. And what we can do with that, it can, can be magical, how we can impact other people's lives. And so that, that's really what I'm about. And like, I have so much gratitude. I wouldn't wish my life on anyone, but I wouldn't change a thing because I learned so many lessons and I'm so grateful. And I think I, for me, had to go through some of these road bumps in life to get the lessons. And when we come from a place of gratitude and can say, oh my gosh, I get it now. Maybe why I had to go through that. Life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us and through us. And it's all about the messages. And so it's shifting from victim to thank you, God. Thank you. What gratitude, what lesson can I find in that situation? And so we're all more powerful than any circumstance or situation that we're dealt. And I, I, I have a quote. I, I want to share this just because it's really resonating with me right now. I believe in a world where it's never too late to do the darn thing. Because I think so many of us have these things that we want to do, whether it's that bucket list trip or find the love of our life or get out of a bad situation. If you're in a domestic violence marriage or, or, or whatever, or you want to write the book, right? So we all have these things. And I think we, keep ourselves stuck. We, we tell ourselves, oh, I'm too old for that. Or I can't find the love of my life. I'm, you know, I'm 53 now and I'm too old. I got wrinkles or blah, blah, blah. Like we keep ourselves limited and stuck and it's never 
ever too late to go do the thing. So I am so passionate about peeling back these layers of these beautiful rose petals in life or the onion, some people call it, and finding what makes you come alive inside. What makes you light up? Like, what is that? And why are you putting it on the back burner? Like, why don't you step into that? And let's lock arms and you know, you, you say it beautifully, you say walk with me and it's like, yeah, let's lock arms and walk together and find how we can peel back your layers and, and find it what it is that makes you come alive. And it's never too late. It doesn't matter if you're, I have clients that are 75 years old and I have clients that are 25 years old. It doesn't matter where we are in life's journey. As long as you're willing to do the work and to, to, to dream and come alive again and it aligns with your core, ba- core values, we are stronger than any circumstance or situation. So never be stuck. It's never too late. I love it. Very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now walk us through the child abuse and domestic violence that you overcame. How did you overcome both major challenges in your life? So going back to my childhood, I hid it a lot when I was a child. I hid behind masks because I didn't want people to know what I was going through. Number one, I didn't want to be judged. It's I was had a lot of shame and I had a lot of fear because I was told if you tell anyone, this is what's going to happen to you. And I didn't want that to happen to me or my sisters or my I didn't want my mom to be killed. And so I, I was scared. And so I didn't tell anyone for a long time. So I didn't overcome it. I just kind of put on the masks and hid behind it. And I didn't really start working through that until I was 23 years old and pregnant with my first child. And I started falling in love with this baby bump that was growing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this baby. And you know, what if I do to my child what was done to me? And it scared the crap out of me. And so I worked with a counselor every week for probably two years and just peeled back those layers and and really got clear on that I was a victim and I was a child and I was innocent. And how can I, I I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. I used humor to, to hide and stuff like that. So, and I confronted my father who was my abuser as a child and um, I've done that a couple times and it was very healing. And I learned, I got to learn to forgive. Like it was transformational. Did it make it right what he did? No. But when I learned forgiveness work, and it's something we all have to deal with every day, as long as we're living and breathing, we all have some forgiveness work to do. So that was huge for me in my journey of overcoming that abuse. So I thought I knew better. And when I married my alcoholic husband, we were only married three years, but it was the worst three years of my life. It was horrendous. He played the big picture and I saw the red flags, but I thought I I made excuses. I I didn't want to believe. I'm like, Oh, he was, he just was overserved that night. He drank too much and he didn't mean to leave that bruise on my arm. And, and so I would come up with all these excuses and finally it got scary. And by the, even after the first year, I knew I needed to get out, but how to get, how to get out. I didn't know. And so I started, um, keeping track of threats. And I remembered who people that were around me that heard 
threats that he made or would say th certain things or asked about a bruise. I, I just started telling people a little and that unfolded and he ended up having a fell when he was drunk and got a brain injury. And that was my escape. I went to the police and I said, this is what's going on. And I reached out and I went and hid in a shelter. I got a lot of counseling and um, that was my journey of my escape through that. But it was a, it was a scary time. And that, took forgiveness work too. And it took forgiveness work for me because like, oh my gosh, how did I not know better? As a child, you're a child, you're innocent. But as an adult woman, I chose into this marriage, right? And I saw some of the signs and I chose to not listen to it. And I think it was Oprah before used to say that, like when you hear that inner stirring, that God within you listen, because that, that, that inner knowingness knows you think there's a red flag it's a red flag and listen like don't discount any of that because so many women don't get out alive and I I looked over my shoulder for a few years after I left that marriage because I had a feeling he was going to have me shot he told me how he would take me out if I ever left him and he would leave me penniless and all that and so I was I was super scared but again forgiveness work and just I think leaning in and trusting God surrounding yourself with a support system, getting help, getting counseling and, and documenting and um, loving yourself. You know, that, that I forgive myself when you know better, you do better. Right. And hurt people, hurt people. And same with my dad. My dad was a hurt child and he was a hurt and he, he hurt his children because he never got help. And so, and then I married this horrible man who hurt me and it doesn't make an excuse for him either, but hurt people hurt people. And I think he had some demons inside and he was hurting. And I don't know his history, I guess. I, I never uncovered that enough, but I, I just had to get out. But hurt people hurt people. And so when you know better, you do better. And now I know better. And I know to listen to the signs. And I know to, to, to be still and know. The Bible says that, you know, just be still and know. And that's the biggest advice I would give people. Just get quiet and, and the answers come no matter what it is, your career, your relationships, financial strife you're having in your life, whatever, like be still and know and, and you'll hear. And it's so, it's such a beautiful journey. I love it. Be still and know. Very powerful. Now, Darla, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Uh, walking a life with purpose. It's, being true to yourself. Like I think so many of us, like it's never my, my, my slogan is it's never too late to do the darn thing. Right. So whatever it is you want in your life, whether it's relationship, time, money, freedom, if you want that dream house, if you want to write the book, if you want the love of your life, but you think it's never going to happen because you know, you were this victim of this situation and you had a divorce. Well, love's not in the cards for me. Stop, stop that. And, and, what ask yourself, what would I love? I love doing this with clients. What would you love? What is it that lights a fire in you? And maybe it's, you know what, I would love to have a tiny house out in the mountains, or maybe it's, I want that, that passionate love. And maybe it's, I want to write that book, or maybe it's, I want to go work as a, I, I work as a CASA advocate for, I'm a voice for court appointed special advocate for abused and neglected children. Like, how can you share your gifts? What lights you up inside? 
Ask yourself that and then ask, is it in alignment with your core values? Does it cause you to grow and does it have good in it for other people? It's being of service. And when you can get all that in alignment, oh my gosh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And those are some lessons I've learned and it has helped me on my journey. And so I love sharing that and just walking people down that path of, of finding what it is they would love in their life because it it's never too late. And that's what matters. God put us here to, to love life. It's such an abundant life. Like there's so much good around us and we tend to stay stuck in all that muck instead of focusing on the good that is there. And so it's that attitude of gratitude. I love it. God put us here to love life. Very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Darla, where can the audience find you? Um, my website is the easiest and it's DarlaYvonne.com. DarlaYvonne.com. And so you can get on my socials too. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I don't really do Twitter. I'm starting a YouTube channel because I have enough stuff. I'm, I'm starting to put stuff on YouTube now, but LinkedIn, I, I love connecting with people there. So, but connect with me on my website. I love, that's my number one value in life, connection with people. I want to hear your story. I want to lean in. How can I serve? How can we get you results that you want and deserve in your life? No matter what the circumstances were in your past, who cares? I, I wrote in my one book, Broken to Beautiful, I have this thing, I call it a chucket bucket. I don't know if you could see this. It's a chucket bucket. And so my friends, what no longer serves you in your life, chuck it in the bucket, chuck it in the bucket and get rid of it. It's a proverbial trash can. And so if you're going through old stories, which we all do, and we repeat them and repeat them and it keeps us stuck. So with my clients, if they start doing that, I'm like, you know what? You need to chuck that one in the bucket, chuck it in the bucket. And you just, it's letting it go. And it releases that hold on us. Does Because we all have handcuffs in life. We have something, we all have a story that I know for sure. And it can keep us stuck. And we all hold the keys to that handcuff. All we gotta do is unlock it. So let the stuff go, chuck it in the bucket and, and just let it go. I love it. Now, Darla, you showed your, us your book there. Hold it up again and tell us a little bit more about your book. This book is my first book and it's called Broken to Beautiful. And it's a story, a real life story of crisis to clarity. And so this book I wrote and it is about, I, I wrote this book when I was sitting in Colorado in my house and we had a snowstorm and I went down in my basement and I collected a bunch of my old journals from childhood and I started highlighting, I started rereading old journals and I highlighted and I had the same, almost the same message over and over again. And one was on forgiveness and another message. I had written quotes or Bible verses or things that resonated with me in my life, uh, shining your light in the world, uh, the power of being positive, forgiveness, um, all that. So I took those stories that I that resonated with me in my old journals and I kind of compiled them into a little short story and then some tools that you can use, like how to get unstuck. And it, if you have this going on in your life, this is maybe what you can use, you know, journaling or meditation or prayer and, and what has worked for me. So just a, it's a simple, I call it an airplane read. You can get on at point A and get off at point B and the, the book is over. And then I just released this book, Short, Sweet and Sacred. It just came out um, a couple weeks ago and it hit bestseller in five countries. Sorry, I just have to celebrate because I'm still on cloud nine. But this, I 
collaborated with 52 other life coaches. And what we did, we each wrote a chapter. So one chapter per week, if you will, walking through the year. And it's about stories of overcoming life coaches who have had overcome and moved from stuck to success. And, and so my story in this book, it's a short, short, short story. And it's a, it's about um, my first visit to my son when he was in prison and what that was like for me. And, you know, right now I know it's his journey and he had to go through what he had to go through to learn the lessons he had to learn. He's a beautiful soul and he's out and I celebrate him, but um, yeah, just how, how, what that looked like for me and what that felt like and how I overcame that point. Cause as a mom, it really, really was hard on my heart um, for those few years that he was locked up. So I just shared a snippet of that in that book. So that's, that's my books. Darling, you mentioned that your son was in prison. Yeah. What would you say to the other parents out there who have had a child in prison, currently have a child in prison, mm. be your best advice to those folks to get through? This, this, is, this is one of my most passionate things to talk about, honestly, because I like to call them my surrogate babies. If you have a child in prison, love them. Don't write them off. Do you know how many kids, I call them kids because a lot of these young men that were in prison with my son, um, 20 somethings, their their family won't talk to them anymore. They're an embarrassment. How are we going to tell our friends, our family, our church, whatever, because of your choices. And so they don't talk to them. They don't write them letters. They don't answer their phone calls. And so I just say, love them where they're at. It's their journey. And again, it's about forgiveness. Maybe they had something to learn through this. They're still lovable. We are all created equal. God loves us all the same. And so I'm going to share just a little story. When I, when I was on the phone with my son once, he, I, I, I started a phone account. He called me and he's like, Mom, there's a kid. I'm going to call him Kevin. And he said he is 21. And his, he said, he came to me yesterday and he said, who answers all your phone calls? Like you call and people answer your phone calls. Like how lucky are you? And he's like, oh, that's my mom. And, and he said, and you get mail. I wrote him a letter every day and you don't have to do this. But for me, it was healing. And for he and I, it, it was a healing journey. And it's, it's a book someday. It's going to be called Letters Behind Bars. And it's a mother-son transformational journey of healing and how our relationship actually flourished through the letters we wrote back and forth. So I saved all my letters. He saved his, and we're going to, I'm going to compile them into a book and of that journey um, while he was locked away. But so this, this kid going back to Kevin, he says, I would do anything if one person on the outside world acknowledged I was alive, would write me a letter. And so I started writing him a letter. And so I asked my son, cause I'm pretty, I can be, I can be naive and I can be, I'm pretty vulnerable and authentic and I just, I want to love and I need to be careful because some people aren't safe to in the prison situation. Maybe they have an ulterior motive. I don't know. So my son's like, mom, this person's just a genuinely a good person that made a bad mistake one day. And we're all one mistake away, one mistake away. One guy was there. He, he had a car accident. He drank two glasses of wine and it, it, 
he was legally drunk and he hit another car and he killed them. He's in jail. He's in prison for manslaughter. So we're all one mistake away. So what happened when my son was there? I started a prison ministry, if you will. Um, I don't really call it a prison ministry. I, I, I started a phone account. And so I put money in this account and I told my son, if you have any friends that just are good people and that are hurting and just want someone to pray with them or someone to just call and say, how are you? What is it that you want to do when you get out? What would make you come alive? Like if you could do anything, wave a magic wand when you get out, what would you love to do? How can you write the next chapter better? So I'd almost start coaching these prisoners um, and they would call and I knew it was the prison. So I'd answer and sometimes I couldn't answer. But then I started writing letters. And so we have this pen pal thing. A few of the prisoners and I, I got seven Mother's Day cards from my surrogate prisoners this year. I don't know what they look like. I don't know where they live and it's okay. And I may never meet them and that's okay. But what if they get an ounce of hope while they're in this dark time because no one else in the world listened to them or made them feel like they matter. I've cried with them. I've laughed with them. And I don't even know these, these kids, but don't give up. Don't give up on anyone. Like you don't know. We, we just don't know other people's stories. So that's kind of where that came about. But I, I could cry talking about it because it's 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 life changing. And we all I think everyone deserves a second chance. And, you know, maybe I think before my son was in prison, I probably used to judge, oh, they're a prisoner or they're a bad person. No, they're a person that made a bad choice. So I just want to come from that. What would God do? He would do the same thing. Jesus would just love. We all want to love and be loved and we all matter. And I'm no better than them. I don't care if I sleep my head on it in a mansion at night or on a on the streets and I'm homeless or if I put my head on a bed in prison at night. We are all more alike than we are different. And so that's how that came about for me. So shining a light where there's darkness again. Amen. We all matter. You are such an inspiration, Darla. Thank you for sharing your story. Now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Darla at DarlaEvon.com. That's D-A-R-L-A-E-V-O-N.com. And Darla, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. My pleasure. Thank you.